0: Hey
1: guys this is Danny and this is Riley and we're your average neighbors we're really excited to have you guys join us on this ride for the next 20 to 25 minutes and we just want to invite you guys to sit down and listen to us express our opinions and our best answers as just two average neighbors on any questions you guys might have and also the testimonies of our guests that come in and are vulnerable enough and genuine enough to share their testimonies so enjoy.
2: Welcome back. back to Average Neighbors. Man, if you didn't check out last episode, being busy, it's already out, and it's fire. A little more vulnerable than usual, but it is fire. If you're on YouTube right now, you know, you see there's someone here. Um, but if you don't, this has been something that we've been cooking up for a while now, for probably a year, and we got a drum roll coming in because it's one of my boys. This boy Jacob in the building. Jacob Litner in the house. Mm-hmm. What's Yo, what's up? Yo. This is hype. This has been—we've been trying to get this this boy on for a while now. This is an avid listener. He's an average neighbor, and we are so hype. And this is gonna be such a good one, um, because my boy Jacob is gonna share a little bit about his story, about God's story, and how he's just working,
1: because
2: this. I've been talking like this all day. Nah, until I got here, to be honest. Yeah,
1: why are you talking like
2: that? I don't know. Like what?
0: <laughs> like that?
1: <laughs> like
2: that? Yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> why are you from Winter Park?
2: Nah. Nah, I'm from, what's uh, Chapel? 813. Shout out, Michael Penix. Stop.
1: Stop. Stop. Shout out,
0: Michael Penix. Yeah, thank you guys for having me today. Oh, yeah, hey, Jacob. <coughs> right, let's do what we did last time. I mm-hmm. the camera's
1: here. I the camera's here. Like, they're, yeah, they're watching, but like, Forget the cameras here. How are you doing? How's your day been?
0: And then, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing well. I've had a had a long but fruitful day. Um, yeah, doing pretty well.
1: What does fruitful mean to you?
0: Um, <laughs> it means <laughs> it means a lot of prayer, a lot of focus on the Lord. Oh, he for <laughs> real. <laughs> a lot of intentionality. That's what I would call fruitful. Nice. Fortnite? No. Uh, nah, not today. All right, here we go. Okay,
1: so it's just weird because I feel like we've talked. So, at least how I started hanging out with, with Jacob, we played Fortnite all through winter break. <laughs> we did. And that whole winter break, we were, yeah, you didn't have your Xbox. <laughs> but yeah, that's it, right? Well, Wait, what happened? You left, it. Yeah, you left I told, it. I told you, yo, don't forget your Xbox. And then two days later, you're like, yo, I forgot my Xbox. Like, all right. So, me and Jacob ran the Fortnite. Um, Wait, how do we meet? Cody?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think just it was a, Cody. Yeah. Shout out Cody.
2: Because
0: he was like
2: Well you just come just come over. We mm-hmm. just like chit chat. Yeah, just pull
0: up, watch some football. Yeah. That talk. was That's really so fun. That was
2: just fun. FSU football, college football.
0: That was a blast.
2: Sometimes NFL. Mm-hmm.
1: Not really. All of the sorts. So, I think right, don't someone's going chief right now behind no. No Chiefs. No anyway. Chiefs. Um yeah, we we were playing for, uh, Fortnite and <laughs> 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 and then I remember I was like, "Bro, I heard you have a crazy testimony. We want you to come on Average Neighbors." And he was like, "Yeah, bro, I'd like to." And so basically for like 2 weeks, he would give me snippets of his testimony, but I never got the whole story. And it was just like congruent. Like 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 just puzzle pieces but never the whole
0: picture. Ooh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's facts. <laughs> yeah, and I would <laughs> I would kind uh, <laughs> <I> of <would, laughs> <laughs> i would want to like keep getting into it but i was like no 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 like so yeah just gotta save it for so now, average neighbors let it rip let it rip mm-hmm. for sure Shout out. um <laughs> yeah that was it was fun to spend that break me and danny like had met what once or twice in person yeah. but like no we were si- yeah literally going into break met like once or twice in person but we were sitting there till like 1 a.m. No, bro. L- even like later. Three, nah, bro. Yeah, yeah. I fell asleep. And my one mom's time. gonna watch this. bro. <laughs> Do you remember one time I fell asleep, bro? <laughs> bro, he was talking about. Bro. his test. I fell asleep. Bro. You crazy? <laughs> he was going like deep into I was, like. It was, was crazy. I, I was like, I was like, Danny, you feel Danny? me? <laughs> no, literally. I was like, you feel me? And I was like, no, no, no shot. <laughs> yes. No. Fully. Bro, it was like 3 a.m. and we
1: had just like played a lot of Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> and so i just remember there was like a point where i was listening and then there was a point where i woke up to him being like yo danny i was like yo i'm not gonna lie no it was silent he stayed on (laughs) yeah i was just chilling with him yeah
0: he waited like (laughs) he
1: waited like two minutes and i was like yo jacob you still there he's like yeah bro i'm like bro i knocked out he was (laughs) like nah you
0: get and so we restarted the story (laughs) it was yeah it was funny but we had some late nights and uh, we were really just diving deep into it though And then came back, and like, it's crazy how that kind of connected us. So it's been pretty cool. It's been pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Oh, sure.
1: We we might not have caught many dubs in the game, but we caught that dub in life, you know?
0: That's facts. And me and Riley got one first game we played, though. Yeah, we did. did. First game I was like, dub. You carried me, though. No, no, no. (laughs) He's not. That's Cap. That's Cap. He's so great. That's Cap. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) 10. Are you gonna, yeah, no you gotta, you gotta, cl- the okay. Fortnite? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did, uh, I did for a time play professional Fortnite. <laughs> 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 I o- so I fine, almost. I I almost was doing homeschool to be a streamer. Fun fact about my testimony. That's so fun. Like, had dropped, I dropped three classes out of high school in junior year and was, like, on the way to dropping all of them and doing <laughs> full-time you streaming. Like, you were, like, pr-
1: like, he was playing with, like, the pros. Yeah, big boys. Imagine Ninja. Jacob got a low taper <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I was playing with that boy, ninja. With ninja. ninja? Ninja. Did you kill okay. ninja? I didn't kill him. I was in the lobby though. Know? I don't know. I was in the lobbies with him. That's yeah. So that, that, was, that was a part. That was that a was chapter. Already. Yeah, that was a little chapter. Yeah, a little okay.
1: Chapter. okay so, so if you had to... <laughs> I Man, this is all over the place. If you had to start your testimony at one point though, and then one work your way through, like where would that be? And then just naturally progress whatever you feel is the most important, whatever you feel is most impactful like yeah we want to hear what has caused jacob to start walking with the lord following the lord and the trials and errors in that doing so
0: yeah for sure um i would say the first adversity i faced in my life was my parents divorcing whenever i was um eight years old and i've always been one to kind of really try to take things on the chin um to be honest like when it comes to like financial and other forms of adversity, i never really had any struggles. Um, I was very fortunate and very blessed um, with two very stable parents in that way. But when it came to the divorce, obviously a very tough thing at that age. Mm -hmm. And that was the first real adversity I faced. And um, I thought at the time I did a good job coping with that. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm still seeing, you know, products from that and things that, Mm -hmm. you know, God's working on and that um, and then I would really just I would kind of skip skip a step and go to seventh grade. Um, seventh grade is when I had my first real health issues, and I'd always struggled with. I got sick way more than most people got sick, and um, you know struggled in that way. But when it came to chronic severe pain, seventh grade was the the point where it really it really started getting me and it was in the form of stomach pain. Mm-hmm. And um, I eventually developed this stomach pain that was uh, persistent and uh, never eased off. So all of the things that I was involved with, being baseball and you know, hanging out with friends and stuff, uh, I wasn't able to do as much because of this pain. And eventually in seventh grade, to kind of keep it a little bit brief, got to the point where I couldn't go to school anymore. Mm-hmm. So I missed 84 days of school oh. in seventh grade and because of luckily, because of my relationship with the principal, uh, he let me come in. He sent work home and then let me come in and take my final tests, or else I shouldn't have been allowed to pass by any standards um, to go on to the next grade. So that was seventh grade, and uh, that was that was the first. That's a very developmental period. Very developmental period. Um, really important to friend group. And just socializing and these were things that even when i was able to go do stuff i became so anxious and so nervous that i was going to have a problem Mm -hmm. or that i was going to have pain Mm -hmm. and that kept me from going to these places and you know socializing and having that important time of development Mm -hmm. um
1: there there was no was there a diagnosis at this time or
0: no so i went through tons of tests um, big big doctors That's pretty remnant of what happened later in life, but tons of doctors and ended with a irritable bowel syndrome diagnosis, which is basically their blanket coverage for, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I I assume that at that time, like it must've been really stressful. Like you're in seventh grade, probably no older than what, 12, 13. And like you're going to the hospital for all these exams. I assume that, you know, you're not probably as active as you were prior to that. Like what, like that must've been really anxious, I'm assuming, I don't know, what, what was going through your head during that time?
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, the, the anxiety when it came to, I played baseball my whole life and all of a sudden that was fading away. That was my thing, that was my identity at the time. I was a baseball player, athlete kind of guy um, and that's what I held on to, could no longer do that. Um, the school thing, I I'd sort of started to make friends through middle school, sixth grade, and that was all fading away. I started to get looked at, honestly, as the weird kid, as the kid that was sickly, mm-hmm. and that's something that... I would never wish on anyone and uh something that really affected me and even when i go to these places i'm like oh you know those kids are immature as well they say things it's not their fault but i was the sickly kid and um yeah that caused stress in every area of my life and um really just you know that yeah that that Mm -hmm. was not at that period of time that's such a foundational period of time that really affected me so um seventh grade came and went um, the pain had escalated and was persistent, um, you know, missed a season of baseball, was struggling with that. But eventually through eighth grade and beginning of ninth grade, started to ease off mm. and I started to get back to some normal. And it was a, it was a scarred form of normal because I had mm. been through these things um, and I still had the, the anxiety and all these things. Is it going to come back? I don't know why it came. I don't know why it went. Is it going to come back? It's a, it's a scary reality. But I began, um, got into high school baseball. It was awesome. And um, began to actually get into a friend group and those kind of things.
1: Uh, Can I ask, like, when things started getting back to normal, did you have a faith at the point where you're like, oh, thank God, like, no, so you you were just like
0: going through the motions of like- This is all BC. So
1: so would you consider yourself an atheist at this point, agnostic?
0: I, I would consider myself, if there was something more lukewarm than lukewarm. I would I would attend church with my mom every once in a while, uh, but had no opinion, had not heard the gospel, understood the gospel, or had any desire for the gospel. So like a,
1: a Christmas Easter agnostic. Exactly. Christmas Easter atheist. Like you you attended church, but you didn't. It was more like, kind of like when you are in class and the teacher's going off, but you don't know what they're like. You don't know what's going on. Exactly. Alright. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to know to yeah for sure. That. So you're getting back to the sense of normalcy. You now like you said you're, you're starting to play sports again mm-hmm. yeah keep keep going on, on about that yeah
0: yeah I would say when I'm talking about normalcy in that way normalcy and what I was doing but how I felt and the anxiety and everything was not normal um, I came back with all of that wrapped up and there had been no uh, it was a life of worry it was a life of stress and that affected the sports I'd been I'd been a pretty solid baseball player my whole life and I was I was still all right but not my heart wasn't in it i was worried i missed you know missed games i, I would get so anxious before games i would throw mm. up like oh really? yeah all this stuff in baseball baseball was my thing my whole life so like now not being able to effectively play it and um be at the level that i had been caused a ton of anxiety the friends were awesome but again i was that was where i placed my worth was like could i play baseball could i those were the things i held on to in high school and again this is far prior to christ Yeah. and um so this going through high school Ninth grade was getting better. Tenth grade, tenth grade, pretty solid. Uh, when COVID hit, obviously a big, big deal in the world. Um, but I had a small group of friends that I became super close with, and we we all hung out. That was probably my most content time of like just friendship in the world. Contentment, mm-hmm. not contentment in Christ, but contentment of I finally I've been three years back to normal, and I've started to you know find my place with some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the irony of it all is as COVID went, I was training. This is, I quit baseball after 10th grade. Um, I actually broke my foot in a pre-game, pre-game um, ground ball drill. My my cleat stuck in the ground. I went to turn to get back in line. You know, you take ground balls, throw it in. I went to turn, crack. I had to literally get carried off the field. So embarrassing. But that that was the last thing I did in baseball, ended my career um, because I had already started running a bit. But, um, So this, it kind of became a new chapter when running came into the picture. Um, And again, COVID hit, I was training big time. I had had one year of cross country, one year of track, found out I was pretty pretty decent at it. And I, through COVID, you know, isolation, I was just off by myself training and I was getting my miles up, all this stuff, looking into running in college. That was something that became a big deal to me. And um, yeah, kind of the irony, if that's the word, I don't know if it is of my testimony is i spend all covid training um you know kind of like a peak peak time in my life at the time and it becomes leads right up to prior to the season one week before the season starts and that's when my pain re-enters the Mm. picture
1: okay and so i'm assuming at this point you kind of are right before this pain you're you must be at like a an overall high mm-hmm. on life. Like, 100%. You know, you going into middle school, probably like you're like, oh, this is great. And then middle school, you face a trial kind of two, three years removed. You see yourself starting to find your niche thing different than what you did before. must've been difficult quitting baseball, but like now you found this, um, yeah, so this pain comes back. What, what what, what, started happening? What was going on? What did that look like? And yeah, once you get to that one here, like how did that affect your faith? It, because up to this point, what we understand is that you were basically atheists. Like you didn't know anything and you didn't have an opinion. So yeah, like what, what was the climate? climate going on in your life during that time?
0: yeah so a little background Um, when it comes being completely honest when it comes to how I was raised um, I was raised by a dad that was at one point homeless and made it himself Mm. Um, and I was kind of raised in a way of rely on yourself it's you. You got this. You have to be mentally strong because he was and I looked up to him mm-hmm. and he had gotten it himself. So I would be in this pain and I would just be looking internally. How can I get through this? How can I wear a straight face? Yeah, tight bootstraps. Exactly. Get going with life. 100% just that that mentality of it's all on me, you know, literally. And that was kind of ingrained in me. So going off of that, um, in the prior times of pain, I had see I had resorted to that kind of mentality. And again, when I was in seventh grade, obviously I was still young enough to look to my dad and look to my mom and just depend on them. But when it's coming into high school, I'm starting to become more independent, then it was, okay, I'm going through pain, it's on me to figure this out. Um, So in this time when pain re-entered my life, when it came to right before my senior season of uh, cross country, the climate I would say was just heavily, I have college coaches on my phone I've become somewhat good at running, uh, it's on me to make sure that, that you know, I'm doing my training no matter what kind of pain I'm going through, That's it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. I have to train through it, um, these kind of things. And again, when I'm saying the pain re-entered, that, that kind of starts that story. When that pain re-entered, actually I'll give the little story, um, I had been doing amazing, really just turning up at, on these workouts and stuff. And I'm doing this workout that I had done so many times, and I have this sharp, chest pain during this workout. And this is COVID time, this is 2020. So there's a lot of concern there, obviously. Um, So immediately my first thought is, oh, I have COVID. And obviously there's so many question marks for that. So I go get tested I didn't have it, but then it, you know, (coughs) was it a right test? Whatever, all of that anatomy of it, got another test, didn't have COVID. And um, so that, that begins the journey of this pain. And this pain became increasing and escalating. So going through the beginning of this pain, I would say it was denial, complete denial. I would walk around like I had no problem.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask, when you, when you got that first exam for COVID, because this was at a time when, like, we thought everything was COVID, like, shit up. Exactly. Um, and so when you first got that exam and it was negative, did something kind of go back to that seventh grade brain where you were like, this might be that again? Or were you just, like you said, you were in so denial where you were like, must be nothing.
0: Yeah, I had had thoughts of it, um, but the pain was different this time. It was it was definitely more sternum, chest, uh, direct pain there. Where in seventh grade, it was straight lower abdomen. Mm. So it didn't come straight to my mind, but it, it's never seventh grade's never left my mind in that way. So there was okay. a little bit there.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. And so the pain reenters. Can you describe um, like what was the pain or kind of like because from what I understand, this is where the start of your medical testimony, your spiritual testimony, and also your current medical trial. Um, Like, can you elaborate kind of on, yeah, what was going on?
0: Yeah. So like I said, started with sudden, um, I would call it acute chest pain. That's how I would describe it. And that, that day I described when it started, started at kind of a train of increasing frequency of that pain and that pain came with exertion. So running, running would trigger that pain. And so I ran a whole cross country season being in pain that later on I found out was very valid, telling myself that it was a not real pain. Uh, I got dragged, again. and this is my senior season. I've got scholarships possibly that I'm working towards and I've got a team around me that's all seniors, all my boys, so I'm running for them. I'm really, um, focusing on being there for my team it's like nothing can take me out it's just that dog like you know you try to just it's that dog mentality you (coughs) you just try to talk yourself into like i gotta be there i gotta step up for my team and um so i went a whole cross country season districts i got dragged off the course after i I don't have a memory from my district's race uh in cross country senior year Mm -hmm. do not have a don't no. just the whole time and later i found out due to lack of blood flow i literally was not cognitive like Mm -hmm. i was without so much blood flow to my brain that I have zero memories of that race. And then after I got like fully just dragged off the course. Yeah,
1: but did you like collapse?
0: Yes. So you passed out? Yes. Yeah, I don't remember. I laid there for like five minutes after having no memory. Wow. Like completely blacked
1: out. So did you pass out from pain or did you pass out from
0: exhaustion? Uh, combination. combination, but exhaustion, exhaustion. And, and you felt this pain throughout the race I oh, assume. Oh, 100%. The
1: whole time. And was this pain like sharp or was it like um like more bruise
0: feeling i would say the best the best way to describe it is if you took both of your like pecs and kind of pinched them together like squeeze them together like a dagger kind of right in the middle of your sternum Dang. Right. just a, an acute pain <laughs> that boy flexing
2: done,
0: right? yeah it would, it would be like if you're if it was collapsing kind of on the middle it's a very stabbing uh sternum pain and, and sorry right. if you if you You'd understand why
1: guy silent if you watch the video. Um, but so, yeah, this pain is going on. You pass out in the races. Did you go to get exams? Were you in such now you didn't want exams? What, how did you end up finding out what it was? What was it?
0: And then, yeah, where does God come into that? Okay, um, yeah, so this whole time, that whole cross country season, from the pain starting on was tests. And I would get checked out of school once a week, go get a test. And I was eventually at pretty big facilities getting these tests. And these tests were all coming back normal. Every single one. I went, even at one point, um, I knew I was in pain. But they had me do the stress test, which is like where you get on the treadmill and you exert fully. I broke the, the record for the whole facility, but was still in the pain. And they looked at everything the whole time. They're like, you are good. You have not a problem wrong with you. But I have to go back each day and live in this pain. Okay, so pass out from the pain. Yes, faint from the pain, not be able to practice from the pain, actually not be able to eat eventually from the pain and i'm I'm being told uh, I think my mom and I one time counted one hundred and ten total tests that were completely normal, not a single problem, everything you could, everything you could go through, digestive, you know heart, every single thing
1: and that must have been crazy because you know you have this pain, but in your head, you must start you're gaslighting yourself, you're like, well, everybody's saying that I got nothing, but I feel it your parents must be saying. Do you even have something like that must that must cause not even a lack of
0: identity a lack of security in in the authenticity of what you're feeling yeah 100 um yeah i I would say to focus on an area that would be the area um so all of the the i guess the culmination of all the factors like you just stated plus the expectation of going off to college soon and trying to achieve this scholarship made for the worst nightmare ever and um going to these tests each day being in this pain and then them saying you are good and having to walk out of there being in the same amount of pain actually increasing noticing it's getting worse and then eventually like you said the part the part you hit on uh completely to a t is the parents thing my parents have always been my people like they always back in seventh grade they were my advocates like they were there they knew that i was in pain and they they believed in me but at a certain point whenever we've gotten test 50 back and it's normal and my parents start asking me like, hey, are you, are you sure you're in pain? That's, that's a that's a very dark, that is a very dark reality because all of a sudden the only people, because my friends already, you know, I, I hear what my friends say and you should, you got a stomach problem? I don't, you know, I don't understand what's going on you. But like my parents, they were like hands on, they knew when they start to question, it's, uh that was that was the feeling alone yeah 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 the darkest it was uh, and and
1: i assume that every exam like you're you must have been i mean you didn't know the lord but for lack of better words you must have been praying that like yo can i just get an actual result because you know something's wrong Yep. you just don't have an answer to it so you you start to feel crazy exactly yeah
0: yeah when you start thinking that real pain is all in your head uh, and then your parents and your parents kind of start to hop on board. They start talking about therapy and stuff for real pain. Um, and this, I'll, I'll kind of go off that. So that is my senior year of high school. I go through track as well. The um, four by eight, we were, we were one of the best teams that our high schools had. And again, I had to gut up and try to run. And I remember the feeling before. I would literally talk into my head. Like I, don't, I would literally tell myself, I don't care if I die in this race. Like, I would have to hype myself so much because the amount of pain that I'd be in going into this race, I would have to, like, tell myself, just like, pound in my head, like, I don't care if I die. I'm running for my friends. And again, fainted, almost had the EMS at regionals.
1: Dude, if you never ran track, I'll tell you something. I used to hope I would die before a race. Like, to <laughs> <laughs> I did not want to run. For you to think that during a race, like, that shows your level of commitment to that. Cause, like, I ran track because I was a little on the chubby side and I tried playing basketball. They said no, so I was like, all right. And I, I would have paid someone to run it for me. So that shows that, like, that was important to you. Like, that was, like, no matter the amount of pain, no matter, you know, your biggest supporters not being your questioners, like, you you were locked in on a goal. And so when, um, I mean, we could always, you know, speak. So did you, you, did you find out, I mean, I know, but for, for those listening, did you find out what it was and then what was it? Like, what was kind of the explanation to all this going on?
0: Okay. Yeah. So to wrap up, uh, senior year, got through, graduated, uh, had a, had a, about a month where I was really not much pain, very odd. Mm-hmm. And then, then flipped to the other side. We're talking right after I graduate about June, um, eating food then became the problem had my biggest testimony experience when it comes to pain is uh, it started to get increasingly worse, bigger foods, like like a, like a sandwich would be just really tough on me in comparison to like soup or something like that. And one day I went with my friends, I was in denial again at this point, And I said, I'm gonna just go eat a firehouse sub. Like, I'm just gonna do it. Like I have nothing wrong with me. My mom's saying, oh, you got nothing wrong with you. You're good. Um, I eat a firehouse sub and I'm at this, this place at the beach and I told him, I turned to my friend. I literally was like, it was like an out of body experience. I was in so much pain and so, like, out of my head, the most lightheaded I've ever been in my life. And I was like, I need to go. I walk to my car, I faint, like, completely. On the wheel. No, yeah, I, I sit in the car and I go like this and I faint. And I woke up in my bed like five hours later. Oh. That was the day where we were, my parents were like, okay, like, 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 and they knew. Of course, they knew. But like, we had all these mixed signals coming, and they were like, "Okay, this is like, this is like a big, yeah. this is like now," and um, that day really sparked um, an increase. Not only in pain, it it got exponentially worse from there, but in a searching, and it got to the point at the end of the summer where I actually, and this is where God's been provisional. He's been there for me in every way. I had been. Obviously, the amount of times I Google searched my symptoms is probably a record. But I had been looking up symptoms, and this runner that went to BYU, his name's Easton Allred, had posted about this thing called MALS, Median Arcuate Ligament Syndrome. And I had taken it to a couple high-level doctors and said, hey, do you think I could have this? Because some of the symptoms match. And they all said, no, no chance that you have this. There's not a single chance. So now, flashback to July, July 21st of 2021. I go in with my mom, I'm in the most amount of pain, it's now unbearable. Um, I didn't eat for seven days in a row, not one piece of food, couldn't drink water. I go to the ER with a plan based off of what this guy has talked about with his problem. And my plan was to go in and get a CTA scan and use an exhale while doing a CTA when usually they do an inhale. So I go in, we somehow get the CTA going. And I, I go into this room of hospital doctors and say, hey, I know this sounds crazy, but can I do an exhale on this test where usually it's an inhale for to look for this specifically? And they said, yeah, sure. I do this exhale and it comes back with a 95% blockage of my celiac artery, wow. meaning that 95% of the blood flow to my stomach was being cut off by a vascular compression.
1: So you were eating An adult amount of food with 5%
0: amount of blood flow. Mm -hmm. From the main artery that goes to your stomach.
1: So almost no blood going to your stomach.
0: Mm. And that also supplies other things.
1: And I mean, like people might overlook this, but how insane is it that a bunch of doctors, A, go, there's no shot you have this. Continue trying other tests. And then when you do have an idea, you go in and you're like, yo, let's try this. And they say yes. Like, that's not normal. That's
0: insane. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's crazy. What what, what were your parents' reaction? What was everyone's reaction when when they found that? Um, We stood that night. That night was one of the most pivotal nights of my life. I stood, well, I immediately bawling my eyes out. Um, This, it was almost like out of a movie to the point of my life had felt like a, health-wise, had felt like a lie. Like, I had always felt, I'd always felt invalidated medically mm. uh, from se- this is all the way back to seventh grade and i stood with my mom and my dad in the driveway that night with a diagnosis and them saying like there is a surgery to do for this mm. and you have a you have a horrible chronic problem that's been going on for years that dates back to seventh grade mm. wow. and past that and i stood in my driveway and cried for you like must an have felt hour so straight much relief. i've yeah. never felt more relief in my life i mean imagine being told it's all in your head for, for this long and yeah. you have that bad of a problem and then you finally you like and it wasn't me like god was so provisional on this like that's the thing we like all the things that lined up that night like they weren't going to do it they're like we can't do a cta here and then for them to just comply with some kid coming in and saying can i do an exhale instead of inhale and then it comes back with full results it was the it was the craziest night um and i've never yeah the emotions that night were insane
1: wow and so I assume you get the surgery?
0: Yes, surgery, Very, it's a very uh, specific thing. So they had to fly doctors in and stuff. So I got scheduled two months out. So I had to go off to college. The open heart? Uh, yes, well, it was, um, they were playing with my aorta. So I had at age 17 to sign a living will. Um, and yeah, I had the detail where my things would go. That was part of the surgery, if I died during the surgery, because there's, right? there's a mortality rate on it. Um, so I had to sign a living will. And I was, uh, again, when I talk about it um, in reflection, it, was, it wasn't it was funny is not the way to describe it, but it was almost like comical that I was sitting there with my parents at age 17. I was like, what, like, what is, what is this? Like, and I, I even included some like stuff, I was like, oh, my baseball glove and my dad, like stuff like that is like crazy to think about. But at the time I couldn't do anything else other than like laugh at it. I was like, this is insane. Um, but I also knew that the surgery was so necessary if I wanted any resolution to my life. Um, so I go off to college on no food uh, for a period of 68 days and uh, that's a tough start to college for sure. That's uh, not ideal, but, um, September 21st, uh, I had surgery and it was, yes, it was open heart and it was uh, playing with my aorta. What they did is they released the compression so think of if you're stepping on a hose and that was basically the compression of my diaphragm to that artery uh, because of just how i was born mm-hmm. with it and um that night i got to eat chick-fil-a uh, in my hospital bed the lord's with, chicken yeah facts and uh and yeah that was that was I no that pain
1: chi- i know that chick-fil-a hit to,
0: Oh, right. you don't know, right. I know that, that Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A. Hey, 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 bro. I was grabbing <laughs> on a chicken. Yeah. Bro, uh, what was the order? Yeah, what was the order? Chick-fi- it was Chick-fil-A sandwich. It was just the no. average. Some Chick-fil-A? fries, yeah. Milkshake? Yeah. milkshake? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no milkshake. Oh, milkshake. Uh, mm. No milkshake. No Lemonade? Uh, probably. Probably? Probably. Sweetened? Yes. Alright. Yes.
1: Polynesian or Chick-fil-A sauce? Chick-fil-A. Oh, I'm more Anyway. Okay. <laughs> No, that's crazy. And so, I mean, I guess the whole point of this, too, is like, where, how, when did God? You know, I I assume that during this time, if you're not a believer, up to a point, your priority would be less of a believer because you're like questioning or just being like
2: why or anger or just like, okay, there must be something more, you know yeah
0: Uh, it was it was more of the why it was why me Um, this is one of the most unique things it got medically recognized in 2019 they don't even know I mean I could walk into the hospital here right now say what I have and the odds are they would not have any clue what I'm talking about Uh, so I said why me why me Um, and throughout throughout post-surgery when I was back to eating for a good six months um, the there was resolution in the health but there wasn't resolution spiritually at all
1: yeah talk about that
0: yeah i was able to eat perfectly good in health but spiritually it was still what's my thing it was putting my all into something to have it fade away um did you become a believer yet or no 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 no
1: okay so you have surgery you're not at fsu so this is about two years ago
0: yes this is freshman year yes so it's about
1: two years ago Uh maybe a little bit more and so you you have no relationship with God either. No. You're just like, Well, that was a crazy story part of my life, now mm-hmm. to get back into it. I assume you're probably gonna try to get back into running or something of sorts.
0: Yep. Okay. Yeah, so I actually um got yeah, eating back, got straight back into running, was still in touch with some college coaches about potentially just transferring now that I was So you were nasty, nasty. No, nah, I would not say. Nasty. I would, nah. Um, I was I was decent and just had a good relationship with some coaches, so I was still in contact with them. I was like, oh, I'm I can I'm all good again. I can run again. You know, I'm gonna go transfer and continue to pursue that as I planned before. Um, but yeah, the Lord really doesn't come into this until later, which is crazy, um, very crazy because it was still the, it was like I, had, it's it was like I had like just slipped away, somehow gotten through. Like that was my mentality. Is like, oh, I'm so glad. Like somehow I got through that. And then like oh so back to life
1: there was no consideration of god you were just no like, no no, no. you're just like i slipped through the cracks i made it i'm I, i'm
0: i'm the crazy story i was like i was tough enough to get through that okay. my thing because like i said when i was brought up it was like what can i do i was like i did this like i somehow got through this mm-hmm. like it is a crazy story to be in and of course i wasn't the one that got me through that but i was like this was me you know
1: so got when did through you that. realize that you weren't the one that got you through
0: that. I realized that whenever, um, I realized that really whenever symptoms came back and I realized how little control I had over any of it. And in reflection, I looked back to even seventh grade and realized that the whole time I had never had any control over it. Mm -hmm. And that my toughness or being able to get through it never was to be any credit of actually the resolution and that that wasn't the problem at hand anyways like the health, the health's a problem. Like, of course we want to be healthy, but without knowing the Lord, we have a much bigger problem. Um, and that follows like where our priorities go. Like, let's say when I got healthy, like, okay, now I'm healthy, but back to living in the world, like, you know, partying and all of these things that I put my worth in um, and, you know, there lies the problem.
1: Yeah. And so how did you find out about God? Like, because if you didn't know the gospel, yeah, you could have been partying and going out and doing whatnot. But like to someone who doesn't know the Lord, to them, that's just a part of life. Like that's there's nothing inherently wrong with that. So when, like how did you find the gospel? Why did you make the decision to start believing? And how did I affect you continuing and up to today? So it's three parts. But first of all, how did you hear about it?
0: Okay, so um, this past summer, this past summer. Wait, what? Yeah. I only was saved this past summer. What? Yeah. So no. That's Uh, crazy. Yeah. Like the lead up. Yeah. Right
1: before junior year. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just this past summer. Like a couple months In August I was
0: baptized. Yeah. Where? Uh, back home. So, so I'll give you the, the story there. Um, yeah, this past summer. Yeah. So about, I would say like April, um, God really started to prick my heart when it come to like when it came to conviction about stuff and I had really I don't know why, but I'd seen a lot of stuff like Bible verses and stuff that was just really resonating with me. I've always been like the guy, like inspirational quotes always mm-hmm. hit home, I write stuff down, like put on my wall, like that kind of stuff. But Bible verses specifically started to really like like do something to me. Um, I don't know how to describe that feeling. But <laughs> it coincides completely not a coincidence at all with a friend that I hadn't talked to in a couple years. Um, he, he posts stuff about his faith on his Instagram story and stuff and he's involved in ministry back home. And I had like either liked an Instagram story or like slid up and said like something that like, you know, confirmed it. And he shot me a text. This was right when I was about to go home for summer. He said, hey man, like, how are you doing? Uh, I have this this Bible study. Like, would you like to come to this Bible study? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm interested. Didn't really have anything else going on. Um, and I'd seen so much stuff. All, this is all within like a week, like all this stuff had just compiled within like a week. And this guy reached out, I hadn't talked, to, I ran with him in high school, I hadn't talked to him in years. And um, so I go to this Bible study, I, I, I put it off. And then later in the summer, I went to this Bible study. And the first first time I I was there, they were, the main guy was kind of talking and just going through stuff. and I the amount of conviction I immediately, um, I was so convicted the first time I heard the gospel. Like they were were speaking about the simple gospel of our sin. I walked away from it like so convicted in a great way and so just becoming the first bit of knowledge of my own sin Hmm. and to me it was like I was pumped like so excited. You were excited. I was excited and I was excited because- That's not usually the reaction to conviction. <laughs> no, but I was excited because in that feeling um, and it, what what my heart had gotten like brought into was completely humbled. I've been humbled in my life in every way. Whenever Whenever you no longer have health, um you know when you're really sick like nothing else really like it doesn't feel like anything else matters so my heart was in a point where again i'm back in pain at this point um i've relapsed i've gone back to relapse in a a health way um so my heart is in this position of being so humble so wanting for hope looking for hope Mm. searching for hope in anything and i went from thing to thing to thing trying to find it and these things would just fade away i would Mm. i would Put passions have always been a big thing in my life. Like I, you know, try to find a job or making money, something, it would all fade away. Mm. So I hear the gospel and I, it sat on my heart. Um, and I attended this Bible study. I was so hungry for this. And uh, even times when it wasn't, I wasn't, I literally asked the the main guy, I said, hey, can we just meet and like talk? Can we go through the Bible? Like I, wanna, I want this, I desire this so badly. Um, and we did, and this this was all from July to August. And August, I, I gave my life to Christ. Wow. So, so you, you wanted it, but
1: you were you were more of like, I want to understand it before I I like commits it kind y- of thing.
0: Yes, and yeah. I felt such a pull on my heart, such a conviction of my sin that that was disgusted of sin, like the things that I was habitually living in. Mm-hmm. Um, so quickly, so quickly became things that I just.
1: Did you know it was conviction?
0: Uh, as as I was in as I was asking this mentor and talking about it, he was describing what that looks like when God mm. starts to change your so you heart. You
1: had this feeling you didn't have a word for it, and then you're like, "Yo, I feel this way." He's like, "This is the word for it: mm-hmm. conviction." And you're like, "That makes
0: sense. Mm-hmm. Wow." It just became like I could not st- I couldn't I could not stand it. Disgusted me, and I I would noticed that it was kind of a confirmation because these are things that I'd struggled so much with these sins that you know by myself I was like. I want to quit this habit. I want to quit this habit. Mm. couldn't do it for years. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like all of a sudden now I don't even desire it. How does that like, I'm sitting there thinking like as a new believer, like how does that, I've literally tried by my own strength for so long to get out of this. And then all of a sudden, like I, I start coming to the Lord and like hearing the gospel. And all of a sudden like now I don't even have that desire in my heart. And that really was what sparked my um, curiosity and um, really giving my life to Christ because I was like, that's that's not me. I tried my best. I did all I could do. Couldn't do it.
1: Yeah. And to shed light on the situation, you haven't eaten
0: solid food in how long? Um, August 5th of 2022 So was the last time. It's about 550 days, I believe, or 540 days.
1: So in 540 days, you haven't had a solid meal. Not one.
0: Just shakes. Yes. Same shake. And... For
1: over 300 to 400 of those days, you're not a Christian. Yes. So you're just living with any hope just being, maybe this will go away? Yep. Because you you got a surgery, and if I understood correctly from our other conversations, right now there's no, now there's actually no diagnosis uh, that we're aware of until these further tests confirm negate anything but like so up for the past 540 days you've been walking again in that no man's land of i have a pain i know it's real i know something's wrong but no one no one knows what's wrong right
0: yes exactly wow yeah i have no um i've had national doctors there's a national mouse foundation Mm -hmm. and i've went to meet with them in tennessee and minnesota different places And I've had these doctors that are trying their best and are very knowledgeable tell me that we don't fully know all the intricacies of what it looks like for someone to relapse with their symptoms.
1: And so there's this, at least not now, but prior, there was this fear of being patient zero for something. 100%. Is that what they call it? Patient zero? Patient one? Like the initial, the initial case for something.
0: Not in the sense of an initial, but in the sense of the such a small group that might as well call it initial
1: wow and are you in pain right now yes you're in pain right now yeah like
0: where right here like midline while talking what yeah like i was at salt and it was pretty bad like did you do anything Did I what? I mean,
1: obviously, you didn't consume food, but, like, did you drink anything No, I just had
0: my shake today. But, like, posture sometimes. If I'm, like, upright for a long time, standing, like, real bad.
1: And it comes back just as difficult, but you've come to cope
0: with it. Yeah, I, I I learn my... I stand in different ways, and I do different things. Wow.
1: And so, you get baptized, you give your life to Christ, and now you stop doing these sins. Explain that hope that you found. Explain why someone... Like yourself can sit here right now because a lot of people I would assume you know they give their life to Christ they are like all right where's the where's the diagnosis all right where's the healing you know what I mean because you hear about that in the Bible that's not what compelled you what compelled you was your conviction now forming you to this new way of life and thinking but you didn't even receive in a physical sense the blessing that most people would expect why can you sit here right now in pain talk about the Lord and still be willing to glorify his name. Like what causes you, what, yeah, explain that.
0: I can sit here right now in pain with no diagnosis because I know that my permanent residence and my worth isn't in this world. It is in Jesus Christ and my permanent home. We are just visitors here. And I have a a promise from God in heaven where there is no pain. And that is where... That, that is where my hope, that is where my whole life lies. I put my all into that, and that my faith is the only thing that gets me through because from a worldly view of what I have, the rarity of what I have, the pain of what I have, um, the uniqueness of what I have, it doesn't look good from a world point of view, but my hope doesn't lie in the world point of view of what I have. My hope relies fully on Jesus Christ.
1: Bro, we're all, like, tearing up right now. Because, thank you. I mean, yeah,
2: like... I don't think you understand. Like... Um, I don't think you understand. I'm pretty sure you do, actually. <laughs> like, the amount of people who wait for something miraculous, or something like a healing. And... Um,
1: he, like, you're just being faithful. You're literally being a faithful servant.
2: And that's what it looks like to walk with Jesus. And that's what faith looks like. It's not just the step in a waiting game. It's, it's something that's here now and it's acknowledging what I'm doing is wrong and realizing that Jesus is the way and not just of, oh God, you didn't do this and pointing a finger at him and being like, I'm waiting for you to do this. But it's because of what he's already done for you.
0: My whole life relies on it. God has positioned my heart to where I'm in such a need of the gospel of that truth of his promises he has put my heart in that position that my whole life relies on it and that is where i put my my all in and i believe it i believe honestly from where i was it sounds crazy because if you look at it again from an objective view it's crazy but what he took me from to where i am now the darkness that jesus took me from to where i am now even though it involved this i would do I mean, the Lord is so faithful in that way. Having something that could look this bad be something for this good for my eternity, I would do it 10 times. That is so much more important. And that became so apparent to me.
2: I think, um, I don't think people realize the spiritual weight of things. But you did. And God revealed that to you. I praise the Lord and I thank God for that. Because no one realizes the spiritual weight that's going on in their life right now until they face Jesus and get truth. And the wages of sin is death, a spiritual death, which is worse than anything. Eternity is a place that we do not want to be. And we can't even imagine how bad it's going to be. And for the Lord to reveal that to you now, what? And like, I think that why other why me turns into a different why me,
0: you know? Exactly.
2: What does that Mm. feel like?
0: What that is, is what that looks like is God, honestly being completely honest I've seen this as such an opportunity why did you give me this opportunity of humbleness of heart to be so hungry and thirsty for the gospel to have everything taken to where i i know that the things of this world are already temporary so when god revealed that to me i i was already in a position where i knew those things were fleeting i knew that the people were fleeting i started to become in pain before senior year everyone left all my friends like all of them just like that. God showed me these things. I was so hungry for Him. He had put me in a position where I knew I was in need of that.
1: Hmm.
0: Why, why me? Why am I worthy of that, of being able to have this perspective? I have done nothing. I have done nothing. Like I've, I've been in this pain. I didn't get myself through the pain. I've done nothing, but God gave me this opportunity and God gave me an opportunity to wow. tell other people, like being in this pain, that like there is our hope. It is not in anything of this world, nothing it all fades and I've watched it fade away. Mm-hmm. I've watched all of it. I've watched the people, I've watched my parents tell me that that it's in my head. I've had people refer me to therapy for one of the harshest pains that a person can go through medically, is what I've gone through. And I've had people tell me it's in my head, go to therapy, I've watched it all fade away. I've watched doctors not have answers. I've watched all of this. And I can tell you that there's there's not hope in this world, but there's hope in Jesus Christ alone. there's nothing else I've tried trust me I've tried I've had to try to become dependent on so many things of this world I've gone through all the deck not one thing fulfilled not one single thing but Jesus did and that's why like that
1: you know the Bible um, the Bible talks about how like the reward isn't of this world you know what I mean and how these things are um, like you said fleeting and so it's encouraging because um, dude like how many times do we complain about like silly stupid things exams tests professors relationships why not me why me this and like in a sense you feel like you, you know you have faced death you faced emotional physical spiritual death and you gained life in that and so You literally lost everything and gained everything at the same time. Which is just
0: a point to God.
1: Yeah. And so, like, it's so convicting. It's so convicting. And, like, seeing your faith and seeing that this happened in August and it's February. (laughs) And you have us tearing up. Not because you have... Even though you do have a crazy story, it's not that. It's your, the way that you've come out of that story and so boldly been like, dude, it's Jesus. Like, that. there's so many people, myself included, who our stories is us having, complaining, and gaining more. Yours is having, losing and still rejoicing in the more, even when it hasn't changed. Because if I understand your scenario hasn't changed, you just have hope.
0: <laughs> I have eternal hope, yeah. I have eternal hope. My, my health here hasn't changed, but my, my spiritual... You have no fear. I, I don't. If God called me to be in this situation for the rest of my life, I will have eternal joy and eternal hope if that is what God is calling me towards. And I don't speak that over myself because I believe our God is a healer and that He has the ability, I know that. But I also know that if this was my situation for the rest of my life, then my God is faithful and that I have eternal hope and I know where my salvation lies because of what He did, not because of any situation down here.
1: I mean, there's not many more things we can say, but I want to give you the opportunity to talk to Dude, I trust your spirit, I, I, I trust where you are spiritually. Whatever you feel like you need to say, you say it, and me and Ryan will shut up. And then when, once you're done,
0: we're like... <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, the thing I grasped for, this is just something to... It's a process of my thought. Something I grasped for was, I would always just look. Is anyone else going through a situation? like my own, is anyone suffering like I was suffering? And I've found Jesus Christ who went through more pain than any of us can ever imagine. My worldly pain that seems so bad, Jesus Christ on the cross for our salvation, the love he had for us is so apparent to me because I've felt extreme pain but I've never there is a comparison that is Jesus Christ and that shows his love for us. Um, To be able to um, understand and really through suffering be brought to the Lord has completely humbled me and just my reverence for the Lord and understanding of his character has just grown so much in that way through my own suffering.
2: Jacob, I think your story and just your confidence in our Lord Jesus Christ, our savior, Jesus Christ is a testimony for people to hear. Yeah. And it is so beautiful to see that kind of healing like that. I've never heard a healing like that ever in my life. Um, but I'm encouraging you and I know this is gonna happen that people are gonna relate and people are gonna learn and people are gonna see you and the Lord through you. But you're also gonna shine so brightly in the future. Yeah. Dude. And if you've only known the Lord for what, seven months, you have so much more to one, learn, see and hear from the Lord. But man, there's so many more people who are gonna see you and see God because of you right and that's the important thing is the glory be to god and i'm so so excited to to watch that and be a part of that and it's something to look forward to like don't shy away from the gospel
1: there's, there's a bible verse about like the light on the hill and not to dim it you you you've got a bright light dude like i i this is not for sure like i It's, I can't, like, thank you.
0: No, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. And, yeah, I mean, it's, I think the thing about my story is it's so apparent that it's just God. Like, it's so, it's just, like, clear and obvious that it's just God. And I can sit here and tell you, like, in my life, it is so clear and obvious that it is just God.
1: Praise God. Well, thank you, Jacob. Um... thank you guys for for listening and if you have questions or want to contact him please dm us uh we'll yeah, we'll, we'll be tagging him but um yeah I, I just god bless you guys average neighbors
0: out out yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Average Neighbors. And if you enjoyed this, you can hear more on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we also upload on YouTube. You can check us out on Instagram and on TikTok. And if you have any questions or any thoughts, please submit so we can talk about it and share our opinions on it. And if this podcast has blessed you, we would love to hear some feedback and talk to you guys about this. And God bless.